Welcome to the Theology Mom Podcast, hosted by theologian Krista Bontrager. Today we are sharing a rebroadcast of a live stream she did recently for the Center for Biblical Unity. You'll hear Krista share her perspective on the recent surge of boycotts and how you can respond. And now, here's Krista. Okay, now let's get into our main conversation here. And I've, I'm kind of titling this, Why Big Companies Really Don't Care About Customers Anymore. So last week on the family meeting, uh, Monique and Kevin kind of weighed in on the whole boycott conversation and all the boycotts. And I just have a completely different take on it. And so um, I wanted to offer my point of view on on the whole boycotting things and uh just talk about that a, a little bit and you know recall with me the good old days it's easy if you try remember the good old days where the main thing that we wanted in a product is or a service is good customer service and we wanted a product that worked like do you remember that remember when buying things wasn't all about your political point of view is your hand if you remember those days yeah so like you you go to to the fast food restaurants and really all i want is a good chicken sandwich this is what i am trying to be up to here uh if i go to the shop really what i want is some i want to buy some clothes or i want to buy some makeup like this is all i am trying to be up to when I'm going to the shop, right? Well, now we're in the age of what's called woke capitalism, right? And yesterday there was a a uh, tweet running around on social media. It looks like now maybe it might have been a trolling thing, so I'm not going to show it. But um, there was this big controversy of whether or not Bud Light was doubling down on its sponsorship of uh, LGBT issues and and sponsoring a drag family-friendly drag show in Flagstaff, Arizona. And that was all over social media yesterday. And and now it it looks like it it may have been a joke, but um, the idea of it is is still there that, um, you know, what is the prospect of long-term change from these companies given uh that they're losing money you know that like how effective are these boycotts and will these boycotts be effective in the long term you know maybe they're they're having some short-term losses as a result of these boycotts but but will that be sustainable and I have my questions about this. I am actually not hopeful that these boycotts will really make a difference. Now, I'm not saying, you know, if you want to boycott, that's fine. You do you. That's To me, that is an issue of um, conscience, it, you know, it, and so you, you got to sort that out yourself. Um, but... I wanted to help us have a deeper understanding of what's going on and and why I am sort of a skeptic that these boycotts, in spite of the the losses, 
will bring about sustained lasting change. And I'm going to play a clip uh, of a conversation that Ali Beth Stuckey had a few weeks ago with James Lindsay on her podcast. And I think that this is very important for us to understand. And he's going to be explaining why all of these big companies are trans are platforming trans people. Like, why is it that all of a sudden this, this guy who sort of seems to be impersonating a 12 year old girl is endorsing tampons and selling sports bras and beer? Like, I don't understand what is happening. Many people feel like, why is this, this guy everywhere all of a sudden? And I think James Lindsay does a really good job of explaining what's happening. So I'm going to play this clip and then we'll come back and discuss it. Um, I can't say for certain that, that I don't know because I don't know what's going on in boardrooms for absolute certain that Dylan Mulvaney himself is this, but it's probably the case. There is a score called the Corporate Equality Index as published by the Human Rights Campaign, which is, used to be a allegedly gay civil rights advocacy group. It started to receive a lot of money by the open from the Open Society Foundation in the late 2000s. Which is George uh, Soros's organization for that's people who Soros's. Mm -hmm. That's right. So it started to receive large, like 25 plus million dollar grants um, in the late 2000s. And their focus is almost entirely just trans stuff now hmm. uh, under the umbrella of LGBTQ+. And they have this scoring index that they've been using since 2002 called the Corporate Equality Index. And you get scored as a corporation. There's also one that's called a Municipal Equality Index that scores like, uh, you know, public utilities and, and, and even city councils and things like that. But uh, you have to sign up to be a part of it. Some, I don't know, 1,500 corporations in the United States have signed up for the Human Rights Campaign CEI scoring uh, scheme. And it's scored out of 100 points. And they give you up to 40 points for having, you know, workplace policies that are, you know, non-discriminatory, et cetera, against LGBTQ, whatever a kind of expansive de definition of your inclusive workplace that might have. And they have 30 points for something else. And they have 30 points set aside for, uh, and I forget what the something else is, I could go look it up again, but 30 points set aside for what they call uh, social responsibility and visibility. And this is where the Mulvaney situation probably lands, is that they are giving up to 30 points for uh, making displays to make, make trans or queer or even just LGBT, whatever the whole thing, gay or whatever, to make that more visible in society. So that's going to be like ad campaigns and stuff. And this is why you're going to be likely to see somebody like Dylan Mulvaney being a brand ambassador is likely to raise that score. Now, Anheuser-Busch, which is the uh, local parent company of of uh, Bud, Budweiser, and then there's a parent company that's actually headquartered in Belgium that actually owns the whole thing uh, now. It's not even an American company and hasn't been for a while. But Anheuser-Busch has a 100 score. There's also, by the way, that's the carrot side. That's the you go do these things and earn these points. That's the carrot. There's also a stick, by the way, of social responsibility. If you get caught up, you get found out, say, like Chick-fil-A giving money to something that they deem as anti-LGBTQ, they'll take points away no matter what your other stuff is. So there's a carrot and a stick. 
Well, Anheuser-Busch is out of 100. They're one of the 840 corporations in the United States that will have a perfect CEI, uh, perfect corporate equality index score. This number matters a lot. You can tell this number matters a lot because they put out press releases. They brag about it. I just saw somebody send me one this morning. Southwest Airlines is very proud of their 100. By the way, all four major carriers in the United States, so Southwest, United, American, and Delta all have 100s. American is very centered there in Dallas, is very proud of its 100 all the way back to 2002. It got a 100 in the first year and has maintained it every year. Um, I heard uh, from an insider last year that uh, to maintain their 100s, the airlines had to give away free tickets to gay activists to fly to Pride events wow. so that the Pride events could be bigger. And so we're talking millions of dollars of free airline tickets being given away or reduced price airline tickets to fly activists around to Pride events. These are the kinds of tactics that the human rights campaign wow. comes to and says, these are the things you have to do in order to raise your score. Now, Anheuser-Busch got in trouble a couple of years ago. I forget what they did, but it made this, the, the gay activists mad. And they went to Stonewall. Then they bought a bunch of Bud Light, and they all very visibly poured it out in the street. I think that was 2019. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of on notice. So, of course, they're probably trying to overcompensate right now. So Dylan Mulvaney becomes a character who uh, is very visible right now. He's being made brand ambassador for like a million things. I would, I don't have absolute proof that he's raising their CEI scores, but that's the exact kind of thing that would raise right. their CEI scores. Right. So it's probably something they're pursuing. I don't know if the HRC came and said, you must elevate Dylan Mulvaney to, you know, more visibility. But it's very, very clear that Mulvaney has become this um, very useful tool in their their kind of operation. Like you said, he's not just this is a this is a peculiar point. He's not claiming to identify as a woman. He's claiming to identify as a girl. Hundred days or three hundred and sixty-five days it was of girlhood, right? And he's very obviously acts like a fool that uh is prepubescent. His his interpretation of a prepubescent, like I don't know if it's twelve, I don't know if it's supposed to be five year old girl, but at the same time he tries to portray himself as the reincarnation of Audrey Hepburn. So you have this blurring of girlhood and womanhood at the same time as it's actually a twenty eight year old gay man who's obviously flamboyant and out of control and loves attention. So he's got all the incentives in the world to do this because he's getting crazy attention. But there are a lot of operational things. Why would it? go into the CEI score, which is going to become a proxy, a measurable proxy for their ESG score. The S part of their ESG is going to be, are you doing these kind of social responsibility things? The G score can be determined by, do you have these policies? Those are both parts of the corporate equality index. So it becomes a measuring stick that the ESG gods at BlackRock or mm -hmm. World Economic Forum or whatever can use to score companies. Okay. That's the gist of it. So what we have to understand here is that this is not actually about Pride Month. Target having children's clothing uh, with rainbows is not actually about Pride Month per se. There, you have to get to the deeper issue, okay? So, and, and this gets to why I am skeptical that these boycotts will bring about lasting change, okay? So what James Lindsay is talking about here is these scores, the score the from the human rights campaign. If you're not familiar with the human rights campaign, um, it's, it's a gay activist group. If you ever see bumper stickers 
with an equal, a yellow equal sign. It's just an equal sign. That's all it is. That is the logo for the human rights campaign. And, you know, prior to 2015, it was largely an advocacy group for gay marriage. Um, and now it is, you know, really this, this whole scoring system, which has actually been around for quite a while is now shaping a lot of public uh, buying habits and, and conversation. So let me show you what this is exactly. So here's the corporate equality index, and this is in public. This is on the human rights campaign website. As of right now, this is a live page. The human rights campaign foundations, corporate equality index is the national benchmarking tool on corporate policies, practices, and benefits pertinent to lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer employees. So this gives you all of the kind of links to everything and how you can view the report. But what I really want to show you here is, is for example, the places with the highest score. This is the page, Corporate Equality Index. So this is on the Human Rights Campaign webpage. And if you scroll down here, you can see this button that says best places to work for LGBTQ plus equality 2022. And you can see here their top uh, corporate equality index participants. And it's all the big companies, 3M, Abercrombie and Finch, Adidas, Adobe, ADP. They do your, they probably do your paychecks, right? AIG, Airbnb. Okay, let's look at some other ones here. Look at, and this is just the A's. Amazon, American Airlines, we're still in the A's. Anheuser-Busch, Apple, we're still in the A's. Um, AT&T, let's keep looking here. Bank of America. Barnes and Noble, Best Buy, BlackRock, which we'll come back to in a minute, Blue Shield, Blue Cross, it's everybody, Boeing, Bristol Myers, they're a big pharmaceutical company. They make a lot of our medications. Car Gurus, CarMax, look at all of these. Chobani Yogurt. Chipotle, Cisco, all of these are in their highest rated companies. We cannot, um, we, we can't boycott our way out of this, right? Like, do, do you see uh, my point? Is that this is, this is a lot of companies, you know, and, and these scores are deeply embedded into the fabric of how we shop, how we spend money. It's everywhere. Let me show you the scoring criteria that um, James Lindsay is talking about so that you understand it a bit better here. Let me show you this page. Okay, so this is the scoring criteria page. And um, this is how they use, let's see, this was the, this is a healthcare equality index 
their scoring criteria was announced in 2015 and implemented in 2016. So here's how you score. If then this is again for the, the healthcare profession, non-discrimination and staff training up to 40 points. So they can earn 40 points by doing something positive. This is what James Lindsay calls the carrot. The non-discrimination and staff training criteria represents policies and practices that are considered foundational to LGBTQ patient-centered care. And it encompasses what was previously considered the four-leader criteria. All, all right, so here's, here's some of the policies you have to implement. You can earn 10 points if you have an LGBTQ plus inclusive patient discrimination policy. Well, how do I get this policy? I must include, if I'm a hospital or doctor, the term sexual orientation and gender identity and expression or gender, gender identity. So I have to include that in my, in my patient policies. I also need to communicate it to my patients and staff. It can be shared two ways with the public, online and in print. And it must be shared, the policy must be shared with the staff in at least one way. So these are fairly specific steps that a healthcare provider would have to do in order to earn their 10 points. All right, let's look at equal visitation. Policy must allow for the patient's visitor of their choice. Policy is shared in two ways, in public, online, and in print, and shared with the staff in at least one way. Employment non-discrimination. They must have an LGBTQ plus inclusive employment discrimination policy. You need to have this wording. It must be shared properly. You must have staff training. So here's all the things that you must do. If you have up to 500 staff members, you have to complete 25 hours of ongoing training related to LGBTQ policies or topics. If you have 500 or more staff members, you must complete 50 hours of ongoing training. Number two, you can earn up to 30 points on patient services and support. So what does that mean? There's all of these, you need to have HIV specific services. You need to have LGBTQ specific clinical services. All of these things, you make sure that this says something on your website. You have to have a health and education brochure. You must have uh, in your tr new hire training facility and particular non-discrimination policy that includes sexual orientation. So if you go through all these hoops, then you can earn your 10 points, okay? So then there's employee benefits and policies, patient and community engagement, that's how you earn points. But then here's the stick part of it is points can be deducted. You can lose 25 points. This section focuses on known activity that would undermine LGBTQ equality plus equality or patient care. So major deduction. If it comes to the attention of the Human Rights Com Foundation, these offenses include revoking the policies or having policies in place 
and or engaging in proven practices that are contrary to our positions, okay? Minor deduction of five points if the facility follows a religious directive or has a policy in place that prevents them from providing medically necessary treatment. So anyways, you can go on the website on the human, look up human equality index. You can look up the medical one, which is the one that we were looking at, looking at their scoring criteria and all of that. Now, keeping in mind that all of those companies that we saw earlier have perfect 100 scores, okay? So they have perfect scores of 100. They want to keep those scores because for them, that's like, hey, we're good with customer service. That means that they are being seen as a socially responsible company. But more than that is that these scores are tied to bank loans and being able to potentially expand your store, maybe getting government grants. There's also a municipality equality index for cities. Now, let me show you that really quick here. So you can go and you can look up your city and how it is scored. So if you, you're going to have to have non-discrimination laws for housing and all gender, single occupancy bathrooms, you have to protect youth from conversion therapy, whatever that means or however that's defined. Okay, so there's all of these, you have to have transgender healthcare benefits. In other words, you have to engage in trans affirming care. Okay, you've got to have all of these things. Inclusive workplace, domestic partner benefits. All of these are assigned points. You have to have an LGBTQ plus liaison in the city executive's office. That's worth five points. So here's the score for Birmingham, Alabama. You can see that they have a perfect 100 final score. You can download this beautiful PDF and it'll tell you, tell you your city's score. So you can go on the website and look up your city and understand where it ranks. So Alaska is every state in the union. You can go through here. Not every city though is going to get that perfect score. All right. But imagine for a second, if you will, that you have a city that really wants to have a 100. They might give preferences to allow businesses to set up that also have that 100 score. So if you're going to build a new Chipotle in a town, you might only get that building permit or that that business permit um, based on your human equality index score, right? So all of the, uh, this is from the human rights campaign. Jenny's asking, what's the website again? So this is all under the human rights campaign. So it's hrc.org. 
but you're going to have to get basic approval for your for your business loans, for your insurance, potentially to get building permits. All of this is 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 predicated on this kind of quiet underlying system. And and so what you have to understand is this is way beyond putting rainbow shirts in Target. Okay? This is all interconnected with a giant system that is that has been put in place of a network of interlocking um systems between this that has been created by the human rights campaign to favor those businesses and cities which comply with these standards and so if you want to have a successful business there's a huge incentive a carrot and a stick to comply with this kind of thing um i think that understanding um this social credit system and how it's being tied to our money. This is what I really want you to, to understand here is that this is all quite intentional. I'm going to play a clip here from one of the executives. I think it's a black rock who is a big investment company and they own a, a have invested in a huge percentage of these companies. And if you have your 401k, it might be attached to a BlackRock account. But here is the BlackRock CEO, Larry Fink, um, along with the CEO of American Express, explaining his desires to force behaviors. They are trying to change our behaviors. They are trying to control how we spend our money and that we spend it in these what's called ESG kind of what is being deemed by the secular gods out there to be the appropriate way to spend money in this socially responsible businesses. So let me play this clip. You, you now make a point of that's, a, that's an investment criteria for you. Well, behaviors are going to have to change, and this is one thing we're going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors, and at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Fifty-four uh, percent of the incoming class are women. We we added four more points in terms of diverse uh, employment this year, and it if it, it you know what we are doing internally is if you don't achieve these levels of impact it, your compensation could be impacted okay we're doing the same thing. and so it's just it, you have to force behaviors and if you don't force behaviors whether it's gender or race or just any way you want to say the composition of your team you're going to be impacted and that's not just not recruiting it is development as ken said and ultimately it's still going to take time but i am just as much shocked as Ken is, that we have not seen more opportunities and we're going to have to force change. I'm not sure how it gets any more clear than that, that they are, they want to force change and they want to normalize. Um, they, they don't just, this is beyond tolerance. See, tolerance says, I will tolerate your differences of opinion and you will tolerate mine. We are way beyond tolerance. They want 
they don't even just want acceptance. They want celebration of certain ideals, moral principles that they have decided this is what is virtuous, okay? And they are going to, they have already succeeded in setting up an interlocking system by which it is very hard to do business in our country without participating in this. It's hard to get investors. It's hard to get bank loans. This is all part of the system. And so if you think that that uh, boycotting Target, <laughs> I'm not saying don't boycott Target. I, 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 you know, this month I'm boycotting. I just want you to understand the bigger picture here of what is really happening and why a man in a dress acting like a 12-year-old girl is selling sports bras. I want you to understand what is happening in the world, okay? Because if we do not understand the spirit of the age, we don't think clearly about it, we can easily just get sucked into it. And what we have to understand is imagine that if there are um, no longer tolerance for religious exemptions, and some of you, I, I know you come on my comments all the time, you're like, this doesn't apply to me, I live in a small town. Yes, this does apply to you. Okay, you can't just put your head in the ground and think this doesn't apply to you because it doesn't impact directly where you live right now. Because this is a setup to create a global interlocking network, okay? And I don't have time to go into all the World Economic Forum and all that. You can look that up. But that is the end goal, is globalization. And it's not going to be helpful if you think that this doesn't impact you because you live in a small town. It it. It may not impact you today, but it will very soon. And this is, you have to, to see things for what they really are and what is truly happening, okay? So going back to Monique and Kevin's discussion last week about Chick-fil-A and bringing in um, the DEI guy and, and making that big announcement on the website and all of that. My question is, is Chick-fil-A trying to increase their social credit score? Because they would obviously have, a, ha have the stick part of you know, the score because they contribute to um, you know, things that would be seen as anti-LGBT. If they want to increase their social credit score, they need to inch toward LGBT full inclusion. Well, establishing a DEI office and DEI policies is the first step. My question is, is that what is behind what is happening at Chick-fil-A? Are they trying to participate in this whole interlocking system of the, the social credit scores and the human rights campaign. I don't know. If you own a Chick-fil-A and you have those receipts, email them to us. But um, I, it's just a theory. I, I don't know. 
And I think that it's, I, my hunch is that that is what's happening behind the scenes. I could be wrong. Um, so then that leaves us with what do we do? Well, I think we need to begin to build or support structures and businesses that are already in place to build a parallel economy, whether that's building schools or building businesses um, and definitely keeping as many ministries as possible off government funding. I, I, I just, I, I know that so many Christian ministries take government funding. And what we're going to have to understand is that this is the future. And, and now is the time to start weaning yourself off the government funding. And if you haven't yet started taking the government funding, I want to encourage you to stand strong and trust in the Lord's provision for your work and don't fall, don't take the bait, don't fall into the trap. Because once you go down the path of government funding, you are you are becoming part of this interlocking system. And so I think that um the first thing we have to do is build and support a, an economy and, and businesses and schools and institutions that do not participate in these kinds of scoring systems. And I'm just going to share one example here of one example of one group that is trying to do that. And um, I'm going to talk about those and cons of this is the Public Square app, and it's called Public SQ in the um, App Store. And what it is, is an app that you can put on your mobile device, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. But this is businesses, they're not necessarily all Christian businesses, but they're, they're businesses that have kind of made a commitment, as far as I can understand, to not participate in this in the social credit score thing. These are independent entrepreneurs and businesses. So you can look at, at companies and products on the national level. You can buy coffee. You can, you can buy your gold. You can buy beauty products. You can buy makeup. You can buy lotion. You can buy stuff for your pet. There's a lot of things. You can buy... Um, supplements, vitamins, and, and all of that kind of thing, okay? But you can also go on here and find your area. You click on the Near Me button, and you can type in your area, your business, and where you are, and it'll show you a map of the local car mechanics or a mobile detailing business or that kind of a thing of people that are on the public SQ app. And so those are businesses that you can choose to shop more locally. You, and, and, and it's like, oh, this isn't going to take time. I'd rather just run to Target. And that's the alternative is, you know, so try to find Local businesses, it might take you a little bit of time to make a habit adjustment. You might have to 
buy some things through mail or you might have to pay a little more. But but I want you to understand the big picture behind all of this so that you can make informed decision. Uh, the Red Balloon Network, yes, um, is, a, a, is a company to help find jobs the, in, um, you know, for lack of a better term, it's not a great term, but an unwoke work environment. Um, and so if they're not running you through all of these diversity trainings, chances are they don't have a good social credit score. So that's another one. Um, but, and that's right, Jenny, it, it, there's no easy and clean thing on the, on the public SQ app when you sign up, because I went through the process of adding CFBU to the app, they have you kind of click on this little commitment that you will try as much as you can to um, shop local and buy American-made products, but nothing is perfectly clean. You, you're still going to have manufacturers that are corrupt and, and transport systems. And so it's there's no way to get comp probably to get completely outside of the social credit score system. Uh, but at least if we can maybe start chipping away at it rather than just letting it run rampant, like how can we at least start to provide an interruption to it to turn this back? Um, I, I think that that's at least you know, worth considering and, and a worthy goal. But this affects our banking and our investing. And as you saw at the very beginning, like there's there's hundreds and hundreds of of companies. And so anyways, I hope you found this helpful. Um, I, I think that, you know, it's, I'm not trying to engage in a bunch of fear mongering, but I'm hoping this is equipping so that you can, make a good decision for what you want to do and just understand the bigger picture of what is happening and thinking then carefully about, do I want to participate in the boycotts or what's the real issue here? Is it, oh, you know, maybe I just want to think about when I buy this item, a target, maybe I'm going to start buying it from this other place and supporting a local business or that sort of a thing. So we have to start somewhere. That's right, Jenny. We have to start somewhere. And I, you know, it's not a it's not a perfect solution, but it's at least a start. So you can check out the public SQ app. The one thing I really don't like about it, and I've written to them multiple times. So if you want to write to them too, maybe it will help. It to me, it the app would be much more enjoyable and functional to use if they didn't force me to log in every single time I wanted to use it. Um, I, I want to love the app and I, I would love for them to be a sponsor on our show, but the, 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 the platform is still growing. Um, and I really hope that they will eliminate once you have an account, you don't have to keep logging in every single time. That's really my only complaint about the app. It's a growing network and, um, I commend them for what they're trying to do and I get the, the vision and I support the vision. Um, and we have to start somewhere. So hope you found it helpful. Please share this with a friend and help them uh, understand the bigger picture. Maybe another time uh, Monique can do a little rant about the World Economic Forum. But uh, 
We will see you soon. Take care. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe to the Theology Mom podcast and add your review. You can also follow Krista at Theology Mom on Facebook and YouTube. Join Krista for more theology adventures on the All The Things Show, co-hosted with Monique Dusan. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.